Hey everybody, welcome back to another very special and humbling episode of the Strange Films Podcast. This week I sat down with none other than my dad, Virgil McKee. Uh, Virgil's not only, you know, the dad of the family, but he's also an actor, and he is very new to acting, I should say. He's only been in two films, and both those films I directed, The Lion's Den, and most recently, He Comes to Kill. So we talk all about his experience in acting, what that was like for him, uh, what it was like working with me, and uh, a lot of really, honestly, great stuff. My dad's very insightful, and he also has a lot of very positive things to say for uh, everybody, you know, that who, who could be listening, and especially to people who want to chase their dreams. So it was a really cool episode to have him on, and I thought we had a lot of fun. He uh, ends up, you know, asking me some questions later on in the episode, and he really uh, is very heartfelt thanking everybody who was part of He Comes to Kill as well. So I so hope you guys enjoy and had a happy new year. We look forward to spending it all with you guys, and uh, thanks for supporting the podcast. Uh, we've been really loving the listens and the feedback on it so far. So if you want to let us know what you think, you can always follow us on Instagram or check us out uh, online on YouTube, our website, strangefilmstudios.com, or send us an email at strangefilmstudios at gmail.com. So with that said, sit back, relax, and enjoy. So what did you have before? Was it microphones with the with the earpieces in? Or no, you and when you and Tyler did this the same thing, right? No, we just uh when me and Tyler did it, we would always just have some shitty one microphone and put it in between us and <laughs> Oh, that's right, the boom mic. Yeah, something like that. It was really like really cheap and unprofessional, didn't sound good. So I had to invest in like a quality little setup here. Well, how much does one of those cost? Mm, that was like two fifty, and it came with both mics. Nice. Also, yeah, it's not bad. So, um, yeah, it's a, uh, and this is just like a really basic set, but it produces pretty good quality. So, but uh, I always do an intro separately. So after we get done, and I have to edit the podcast, I'll do a separate intro, and okay. so I just kind of jump right into it. Okay. All right. All right. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, Virgil McKee. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, my dad. Wow. Yeah. What the hell? It's your first <laughs> podcast. I know. Yeah, what's going on, man? Happy, did you have a happy new year? I did. I'm still alive. You? Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty low key. We got a new puppy. I know. Yeah. You're crazy. Got a little, little lives running around. You got a little baby now. You got well, a... Oh, yeah. Actually, today was pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty fucking hectic with both of them. <laughs> I had to watch him for like an hour by myself, and it was just like, wah! Uh, I almost brought him down here, though. He's a good lap dog. He just hangs out. Um, all right. Well, so if anyone is familiar with the Strange Films family, uh, Strange Films in the last few years, then you may recognize a name, Virgil McKee, um, who's popped up since I think 2020 in some films. So his first film debut was uh, The Lion's Den, which, uh, nope, not bragging, but 1.3 million views yeah. on uh, YouTube. But, yeah. uh, so that's always pretty fucking awesome to get reminded of. And uh, and then more recently, most recently, he played the villain, the, the title character of Stanley Elk in He Comes to Kill, which was an awesome release in our first micro feature film. So you uh, are new into acting. Yeah. And uh, you've always you always said you wanted to play a bad guy growing up whenever I was, you know, when, when I was doing movie stuff, you always like. I don't care what you do. Put me in a movie. Put me in a bad guy. And I've done it twice yeah. now. 
So uh, yeah, give us the give the listeners a rundown of kind of who you are, why you got into acting, what you know, and the experience so far. Well, I mean, uh, I, you know, it all starts back in high school for a lot of people. You know, they can always pinpoint to something. But I remember um, acting in a few roles that were good roles, you know, and it was kind of cheesy stuff, you know, like a king or something like that. And I thought, man, this would be cool to do down the road, but I never thought I would ever pursue it. And then. You know, funny story is, you know, you start having kids and obviously our story kind of is a crazy story to start off Mm -hmm. with. You know, when you were three, you came into my life and 30 years or 27 years later, now we're sitting on a couch talking about a movie that we've done together. (laughs) And you got a grandson now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing was to tie in the two of us besides that story was, um, you know, those films, those cameras that your mom and I used to go Mm -hmm. in and buy you and those cheap little things to see what you guys would do and... You come home one day and it's like I got five kids. Time we had two from, you know, Germany. Mm, Yeah, yeah. But prior to that, you know, you guys would go run around the house and try to film these films and make some. We'd hear some strange noises coming from the bottom. (laughs) Like, what's going on up there? Yeah. You guys were having your own little micro mini movies that you know you didn't think was going to do anything. And then, of course, a lot of people don't know this, but y'all used to sing some crazy songs on the guitar. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was like, what the hell is going on up there? Uh, I shit my pants, right? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, we did like films like Batman versus Santa and Waldo and just shit like that. But well, no, yeah. You know, what's funny was Tyler, and every time he needed to take a break, or I guess I don't want to say he got fed up with you, but when he was getting depressed or disappointed, you'd hear coming down the steps because he was, <laughs> yeah. it was his way of letting us know something was going on up there. Mm-hmm. You know, we go check it out and hear you coming from a random corner somewhere with. God knows what costume you had on it. It was what those imitation Batman costumes. Mm-hmm. It didn't even look good. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you had underwear on your face. Uh, I was worried. Yeah. It was weird. Oh, yeah. Well, you got to get creative with <laughs> no. And I remember from that point, I was like, you know, it'd be cool if you could ever put me in a movie. I said, I don't want to be the good guy because everybody wants to be good guys. Like, they they this, they want to steal the show. I want to create the show. Yeah. yeah. I want the chaos. Yeah, you, know, you goes, did. Like, and then, then we watched The Joker and I was like, Heath Ledger is the man. Mm. That is something I could get behind. Mm-hmm. Why it's so serious? Mm-hmm. You know, just and then legendary course, performance. Yeah, and then of course, you know, if people have seen me, I don't look like I sound. So I just well, started morphing in this crazy look. And, yeah, I mean, this is a more recent look in the last few years. Oh but, yeah, yeah, because you used to be real clean cut. Yeah, you know, I was that military guy for a long time, and uh, you know, people go through stuff, and you decide you just want to change up your life, and <laughs> you never know what it is it's going to yeah. turn out, but you just know you got a different path you want to pursue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so back in 2020, um, you know, obviously COVID was the big thing, and and everyone was staying home, and I remember just feeling really bummed out because uh, I wanted to. We were on a hot streak as far as strange films oh, go, yeah. you know, and. And uh, I was really wanting to pick it back up. So it was kind of a few months of just doing nothing. And then Eric Jackson, um, who worked on the makeup for uh, Passenger and Subject, uh, he reached out to me. He also uh, helped me buy my house. Shout out, Eric Jackson. Um, He reached out to me. Yeah, he is. Uh, And he said he had a concept. He, He had this new makeup thing he wanted to try out, and he wanted to do it for a movie. It was about making up someone into a lion like he would oh, yeah. want to do like a half man half lion and i was like that's crazy and i was like all right um well and i wasn't doing anything so i was like let me try to write something together and i uh so i wrote this little script which essentially was a lion's den and i i knew right away because you had this look now 
yeah this viking kind of look and your hair is all you know tied back and shaved and all this and your beard is crazy and i was like i i I think I even reached out to you to make sure you were okay with it. I was like, if I write you in a role for a crazy like villain kind of character, would you be down for it? And and uh, you were like, yes, right away. And well, you know the funny story about that the hair and stuff. It didn't start for me wanting to be in movies. Um, I started growing it because, you know, we were playing some basketball games at Elizabethan High School, and uh, I was pretty successful as a JV coach there. And first year in, after transfer from the school system with boys. Uh, had a group of girls that uh, they were young, but we played a JV circuit, and uh, there was only about six or seven of them, and we started winning some games. And then all of a sudden, JV tournament came around, and we won. And when I had my finger up in a picture, I still had that clean-cut look. And I remember telling these girls, well, I'm going to grow my hair out if you guys decide to win a region tournament. You know, I'll shave. Oh, yeah? So I started growing it, and for two years, it kept growing and growing and growing. <laughs> and then finally, they won a region, so I came into practice one day, and I just shaved the sides off, left the top long, but shaved the, the sides off. And uh, they were like, I thought you were going to shave it off. But that was the coach. And I was like, nah, I said I'd shave. I didn't say what I was uh-huh. going to shave, but I was afraid to lose some of it. And then, of course, that look just stuck. And then, yeah. then you approached me, and I was like, hey, yeah, we can do this. Yeah, no, it's badass, man. Um, so, yeah, I got you in this, uh, this movie, The Lion's Den. And we had to do a really, really limited, you know, 10 people total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, you came in and and me and you practiced, not practiced, but we, we talked about the script quite a bit because I think, not that I was really nervous, but I tried writing it very simply for you just so you could kind of get your feet wet with oh, it. Yeah. And then, um, but I could tell you were excited because you were talking to me about all kinds of different ideas, like what should I wear? And I thought about this, and I and I think about you know we I think we even went to Target. We picked out a couple of little we did miscellaneous things, which are the Rubik's cube, and you know, and you were kind of talking. You were really getting invested in the character, which was a good sign. But uh, you know, we started shooting, and when it came time for your first line, I was like, all right, let's see what happens. And you just came in like hot. You just like yeah. belched out your first line, like yelled. It took me back. I think it took everyone back, and it and right away. I mean, you were off to the races with the uh, with that role. Well, and you know that's like a, probably like my coaching voice that comes out because when these girls see me happy, they know when when that voice comes out screaming that they're like, okay, this guy's in our pocket because uh-huh. he takes all the attention away from us. And and I remember saying to myself, whatever happens on this set, we're gonna let these people know that we're here to make this movie count because it's like you said, we came out of COVID. Uh, you had a, people don't know this, but from 2016 to 2020, you were on such a hot streak. You were in like Las Vegas, you were in mm-hmm. uh, Philadelphia, you were taking trips to, you know, North Carolina. You had premieres going everywhere, mm-hmm. little awards that just were just popping up and this, that, and the other, and just, you know, being recognized. And then all of a sudden, like you said, something happened and you could just, I could see it in your face. You know, you could tell your body language down. And I just remember saying to myself, if I could do anything to help him out. I'm going to let the actors that are on that site know that we're here to play. Mm-hmm. Play big. Yeah. And what they don't understand is there was five of us besides crew. Mm-hmm. Was, there was five of us that spent seven hours and 1.4 million views later. <laughs> Holy hell. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. And even won um, the best film at the uh, festival or the convention, the FrankenCon convention this past year um yeah i don't think know. people understand when they look at lion's den versus you look at uh, he comes to kill he comes to kill had a way bigger budget mm-hmm. way more time to shoot six weekends we did seven hours mm-hmm. maybe six and honestly we probably realistically shot for like 
five hours yeah. because we we got rained out in the beginning. We had yep. to hold off, and it was like eight hours of hanging out because that's when everyone started kind of meeting up. But we didn't start shooting until like four. We took a break at like seven. 7.30 or something like that, ate dinner. We ate too long. We should have cut it about 15, 20 minutes. Right. And then we shot the last like two hours, two and a half hours or something like that. But that's when we got, it got dark and stuff. Well, but. you know, a funny, funny scene back to Lion's Den that uh, people don't know that much about, but I reference it to Boogie Nights, Mark Wahlberg. Oh uh, yeah? Remember when he came out with that little piece down, well, before the, the, the final credit scene, uh-huh. he's, he's interviewing or basically on set for a, a, a role to be mm-hmm. in this adult film. And he he does his money shot, and then of course the director's like, uh, that's not quite what we're looking for to do. He goes, "We're gonna do it again." <laughs> yeah. And they were like, "You can do it again." He's like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> well, Eric Jackson, you know, the funny thing about him tying that little reference was, is I uh, remember when Jesse got all bloodied up, and oh yeah, we were trying to get him to do some good stuff there. Yeah. It, it was a struggle, but it finally came out, and then Eric like. You want me to do it again? I got a couple more gallons of blood back. <laughs> yeah, I know. You were like, no, 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 we can't do that much blood. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, we got to protect, save, salvage the property a little bit. Like, you know? It reminded me of Boogie Nights. Yeah, hey, we can do this funny. again. That's funny. Yeah, most people who are like down for everything will say that line. Like, can, you want me to do it again? And they're like, yeah. it's like, uh, and sometimes I'm even kind of more hesitant because I'm like, I feel like that was a, that they took a lot out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like. But they're but they're like reassure me. They go, no, it's fine. Let me well, do it again. And I'm like, all right. I just want to shout out to Eric because I know he helped you by the house. He's a great guy, you know. But kudos to him for bringing his you know side job as a primary focus that right, day. Yeah. Everything he did. If it wasn't for that, I think that movie would not be as good as it is. Even though the acting was great, everybody brought their A game after mm-hmm. that one line you saw that you talked about. When we all bought in at one point when he, when you heard me say that. From the top of my lungs, mm-hmm. but if it wasn't for Eric with that, that those props. Well, I mean, of course, I mean, look at Michael Mathis. The, I mean, the the amount of makeup. I mean, he looks I like it, he literally looks like a monster. I mean, it's crazy. Like he looks so good, and that's just Eric. That's just his talents, man. He's so talented. Um, I mean, same thing with Passenger. You know, with Tyler. Oh, I know. As the monster, I mean, like you know, it takes like two three hours to put all that stuff together. But once it, I mean, holy hell, looks great. And and then yeah, he and he didn't. Not only that, but he he did Bing Fu. He made Bing Fu look really like bloodied up and beaten yeah. up. He had a black eye and all that. You know, Becky, uh, she had great makeup. I mean, she, he brought all that blood and made. I know. mean, this is a real estate agent. Yeah, yeah, and they he turned even, makeup artist in six hours. Right. I mean, and he uh, he donned he did, a cape. I mean, he worked on I think Walking Dead and stuff before. Like he's done yeah. like amazing stuff over the years, and you know he's very well. But known. you know he's really a likable guy. You know he tries to make you comfortable on the set. He asks you questions. Oh, yeah. He says, "I want to do this. Are you okay with this?" Mm-hmm. You know, and you can have some little leeway, but he also has his own little stamp he wants to put on it. Well, and also he he means business too because yeah. he takes it very serious. So because he knows he's going to see what he wants to see on that. Yeah, because so like if if not. Say if there's like an every and like a resistance or anything, like he'll let you know, like, hey, like, I I don't have to do this. It's okay or whatever. We, you know, like he's very clear on what needs to be done and how long things take and stuff like that. And he just says it in a very realistic and but polite mannered way. I say he's very passive, polite when he comes to uh, you know taking care of you, but then at the same time he's very aggressive about what he wants to show you what's going to happen on scene. Mm -hmm. And I just think mixing those two worlds has to be the the real estate agent versus the. The makeup artist guy yeah. just coming in there and just doing it. It's like me. Yeah, people. well, it's funny because when I was buying my house, you know, he took me around a few houses and stuff, and I was like, even just like the process of like him, you know, me trying to tell him what I was looking for, he'd be like, 
look, it doesn't bother me. He's like, yeah. like he like he was real tough to not like I love Eric, and but he was sometimes I was getting frustrated because he was so honest and realistic and and aggressive about you know what needed to be done but he was nice about it he just has that kind of like well look you know da, 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 like if you want this you gotta do it now well, and he what and he wasn't about to sell because he knew he was going to have a bunch of people to sell to but the problem you know the, the, i think the solution was is he knew how bad you needed something this was his way of saying i'm gonna pay you back for giving me a bone on that that set of that movie scene Here's something I can do for you in my wheeled house. And mm-hmm. I just thought it was a great thing that he was, because I was there for a few of those houses. Yeah, yeah. And I remember me and him would talk, and I would even mention something. He was like, well, you got to look at the bigger picture. Right. You know, this is, you know, because I'm good at home stuff. Yeah. But again, I'm not a real estate agent looking at thousands of homes, and he knows this market better than anybody. Oh, yeah. And that was just impressive that he was able to keep both of us at bay. Me being your yes, dad. Yes. You being the the you know the technical buyer, mm-hmm. you know, his yeah. client. Yeah, cuz sometimes you would try to come in with, you know, your natural home instincts and he'd be like he'd check you in, yeah. in a way. And then and, in and, a good way though. You yeah. know, it wasn't like being Same you know, thing with spiteful. me. I would ask like almost like a naive question. He would, you know, just let me know like, "No, that's not how it works" or something like that. And I'm like, "Oh, okay." And so he's just but he's very good at what he does. But he's a right. really great 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 guy. He actually wished me a uh, Merry Christmas, um, this, nice. so I got and I told him I'd try to get together with him at some point, so shout out Eric, but, but yeah, no, Lions Den, that was a really fun experience to see, um, come together, and I was just so proud of you, you know, seeing you, well, thank you, just put your whole heart into it, and I have that much fun with it, and to, to see the, to see the success from that movie as well, was just, you know, extra cherry on top. Well, and I think it was something, too, for me and you to do that was outside of dad, son role, mm-hmm. that, you know, because we had that whole pressure of life, me trying to fit a role that you, you know, didn't have at some point, and then all of a sudden, you know, it was kind of our way of trying to make things together and make a life out of it, and then this was something cool we could just sit back and go, okay, we can be two different people mm-hmm. and enjoy this whole day and see how cool this comes out, because you didn't have to focus on me, I didn't have to focus on you, we had to focus on the other people. So yeah, things. yeah. But I thought that was cool how you didn't, have, I mean, you would ask me questions like, what do you think, or da-da-da, and I would say, what do you want out of this? But at the same time, it wasn't like, I'm trying to be your dad about this, I was like, listen, this is your wheelhouse. What yeah, because I had to direct you, you know, on certain Yeah, there was a couple things I yeah. had no clue on. Yeah, so, so you were learning a lot on that set, and you also had a very vocal and physical performance on that set as well. So, and obviously, you know, when people watch it, you you've become a fan favorite of that movie and and whatnot. But now, fast forward two years, when we do, he comes to kill, and I approach you the same way. Hey, I'm writing this film. You still got that crazy look. I think it'd be really cool to be this killer. What do you think? And also, you won't have a damn word to say. <laughs> Like, I know. And you have, this is like a Michael Myers kind of killer where you're just completely silent and you're going to wear a mask at some point as well. So now we shot, I shot the whole movie like six weekends, but you, I think were on three or four of those four weekends, of four weekends. So what was your experience like jumping into that kind of role? Because it was completely different, I think, from, you know, you're the hunter in Lion's Den. Well, I mean, the, the ultimate thing was spending time with you, obviously, because when you get to a certain age, you know, your time is all you have left. Mm-hmm. And just enjoying that with you, because, you know, you had a you know new baby and stuff like that, and you're trying to fit time for everything. And then just for me, you catch up. And then it was just my way of helping as a dad, you know, as a kind of like a, 
you know, what's Harrison Ford from the movies start when, you know, he's the carpenter on the set and then all of a sudden he gets killed. Oh, Indiana Jones. Yeah, I kind of felt like I was trying to help you as much as I could. But at the same time, I got this role of a lifetime to, you know, hey, of course, I didn't look at it as the main role. I was like, this is this is something cool. I can just act, basically not say a word, and mm-hmm. see how this goes. You know, I thought at first it was like me and Michael splitting roles from Lion's Den to this. Mm, I don't yeah. Like, I get to be the lion makeup dude without having to say anything and just look cool. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, of course, you realize that there's a there's a lot that goes behind method acting when you don't say parts. Right. You know, you, just, you can't just walk up to a scene and say, okay, this is going to be easy. Yeah, so that's kind of what I was curious about because... I, I felt like, uh, yeah, maybe you were kind of like, all right, yeah, just kind of walk around or whatever. But I think soon it quickly turned into a very demanding Well, body language is everything. Role. You know, yeah. you got to have a body language, you know, and there's some still shots that probably never made in the movie that look really cool. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, some of the things you have to edit and cut. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of back behind the scenes things that, you know, me and the other actors were like, hey, let's try this, you know, and we... We thought we were going to do WWF style stuff, but then realized real quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it can't go down this way. Right. You know, there's got to be a safety protocol that goes into this. Oh, yeah. Top of cuts and edits and, you know, what you see on the big screen sometimes is not how it goes down. No. Well, that was the biggest, I think, challenge with, um, you know, because this, this movie had all kinds of stuff. I mean, you had your your stunts and you had your regular walking around with you and you know the heavy breathing the killings all those stuff all that but the stunts parts were i think the biggest thing that i had to really the challenge the biggest challenge i had to really communicate with you about because it was kind of like like you said you two because you had two pretty much fight scenes with um joe Joe. and white lavender so bruce you know and and so you so and we did I think the barn scene first. So yeah, so it was yeah. Joe first. And you two were rehearsing this whole fight scene while I was shooting stuff in the camper. Right. And when I come back, I'm like, all right, what'd you guys come up with? And you're like, all right, we got this. And it was like like a one-two tussle. Like, there you go. And I was like, okay, well, that's a good starting ground. But <laughs> it's like, we got to... We got to pace this thing out. We got to breathe. We got to make sure we have enough yeah. footage and and structure like a choreography that we can edit throughout the like make the scene. And then the other part was when you guys actually started, it was like you guys went just like way too fast and aggressive. Right. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. First of all, you got to make sure that no one's getting hurt in this. We got to you know pace this thing, stage it out, do it kind of slow, but in a quick tempo you know it was just one of those really interesting things i had to communicate with you about and it i could see the light bulb kind of click whenever i said it and as we were doing it you know from you like i thought you kind of like the more and more you did it the better uh yeah absolutely you got you got it and then same thing with white lavender though because you two oh my god you were talking about like slamming each other on the floor and all kinds of shit and well, you know like, he's been working out and he was like you know he basically hooked we call it hook up you know uh-huh locked arms or whatever and he said he could feel how strong it was and you know, that started him into well, he can do a suplex and we yeah. do all this and <laughs> even i was going well you know i i'm okay with the WWE fight scene but it's like guys feel how hard this floor is dude there's no way i'm slamming you guys you guys <laughs> on this on the set dude there's no i don't have insurance for this <laughs> uh, no, well see that's what people don't understand is um you know when you look at these big name actors now like the rock and all these people even liam you know, Hemsworth and all those guys that's got, you know, stunt doubles. And you wonder, well, why do they have stunt doubles? Mm-hmm. And you realize some of these scenes you have to throw yourself around. Yeah. And these guys are paid to be thrown around because they've worked on it. Mm-hmm. We're paid to just talk. 
Right. You know, and when I say paid, we weren't paid. To do that. <laughs> we lost money on this. <laughs> but my point is, when these real big, big yeah, actors, of course, they're get, they're just paid to look good and talk and 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 improvise. You know what the directors slash writers want you to see and feel. Mm-hmm. The other guys, they're just they're taking bumps for a reason, which was what you call in the wrestling industry, and that's why me and Lavender were kind of like, man, we can do these bumps on some real screen. We can <laughs> we can bring her seventy plus years, ninety plus years of. You know, yeah. Oh, probably 110 between the both of us. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying? It yeah. Was, it was just something we thought, well, we could try this. And then real quickly we found out, ah, this, this doesn't work this no. way. Well, and I had to communicate with him the same way I was with you. I was like, ah, we just, it's got to be more simple. It's got to be more paced out. It's got to be like, because he, he bull rushed you, you know, at some parts. And you would do the same thing and, and whatnot. But I was just saying to the both of you, like, it was a very interesting experience, but uh, yeah, I was just—I really had to like make sure, first of all, safety was the number one priority, and that you guys knew exactly what I was trying to capture because I'm the one who has to shoot and edit this thing and right. put it together to make it even make sense. And on see, the a lot of a lot of people forget that because you know when egos get in play, um, you you're, you're wanting to do something good for the people you're involved with, but you always want to do it for yourself so you look good. But what people what the egos tend to forget is somebody's got to do something with the footage you provide. Mm. Yeah. And you know, when, when you start thinking like that, like you said, when the light bulbs kick on, I'm like, okay, I, I want to do this, but at the same time he can't sell it. So I got to listen to how he's going to sell it. Cause no matter what I do, he can cut it out. Mm-hmm. So what's the point of not getting what I want on screen? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to listen to you and improvise what your goal and dream looks like and your vision. So that way I can say, okay, that is me on there. Mm-hmm not get it cut because I'm doing it my way as an ego thing. Right, yeah. It's true. Yeah. It totally makes sense. And I'm the same way when it comes to directing. It's like I have I have to have a certain ego about it because it's kind of like I'm the I'm the one who's putting this dream together and and displaying right. it for the world to see. So even though like I like I love when people improvise and and we people bring up new ideas when we're shooting. I'm always open to all that stuff and I want to, you know, go for that stuff. And a lot of times it works, but like Sometimes when it just doesn't work and people are like wanting to still do it, I'm like, guys, look, let's, uh, I, I get it, but you know, let's do it like this because we have to keep moving and I know what I need to get done, you know, in a certain way. So, and how to realistically approach that kind of stuff. But that just takes a long time to, it it takes a while to understand your own rhythm and craft and, and, and all that stuff as well though. So. Oh yeah. But you got to remember too. Well, you know from firsthand knowledge, you know, sometimes you can have the best actors in the world and a crappy director, and it doesn't make a good movie. Mm-hmm. You could flip that and say, I've got a, you know, really good director, but crappy, you know, actors. And that director slash producer can change the whole scheme of things based on an angle or whatever. So, you know, it goes sometimes a different way than what you wanted as an actor. Mm. If you're not careful, and if you, you know, I don't want to say the ego thing again, but if you're trying to be something that you're, you know, not wanting perceived by that that person, they can really, I don't want to say hurt your career, but they could show you in a way that you're not supposed to be showed. Mm-hmm. So, at the, again, at the end of the day, you got to understand there's a lot more in play than just yourself. You, oh, yeah. You're trying to do a product, not just yourself. Yourself is a part of that product. And if you get all the key pieces that are supposed to do what they're supposed to do, it comes out to be something brilliant. And that's why, you know, shout out to Lions Den. You know, people don't understand. You had, what, two or three people helping you? 
Yeah. Besides the five actors that were out there, eight yeah. to nine people total. And sh- shout out to uh, Ella and her mom providing that wonderful feast and stuff that day that we did. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just helped when you had everybody on the same page in seven hours. And, yeah, we had some lighting issues. We had some other things go on. A couple actors doing some improvising to try to do some things. But 1.4 million speaks for itself. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. You, you know, you take away whatever you want out of that, but. 1.4 million people <laughs> say, hey, it was decent. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take a decent. <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah, and, and very fortunate. I'm very fortunate for pretty much all my work I've done over the years, uh, especially even He Comes to Kill recently, working with the amount of people I've ever worked with um, and having such good and positive experiences out of that and making new friendships and people that I genuinely like, really, really care about now and stuff like that and know I can, you know, would want to work with them again in the future. Oh, yeah. And and seeing the success of all these, you know, projects as well in their own way, um, that that's, like, a really great thing to be proud of. And I know, like, you know, I'm very proud of it. Frank's very proud of it. Like, everyone, m- for the most part, I think on who's worked with us i think are all very proud of you know being a part of what we do well a wise person once told me said um find something you're good at and do it till somebody pays you for it and i I think you're to that point here pretty soon where somebody's about to pay you for something i hope so man i mean you've been doing it since 2016 we're going on seven years yeah so i mean this is lucky seven right here yeah you never know me and frank were just talking about that up in philly we're like We're like, when are we gonna hit it (laughs) like come on you know and because they everyone says it's like like generally like in in entertainment you know people are always like 10 years it takes 10 years well, at least that book you know? i sent you to chop chop wood carry water yeah yeah it took at samurai 10 years yeah and and frank was like i think we're gonna hit it at least eight <laughs> he's like i think eight <laughs> we're gonna hit it early but uh so yeah we'll see we'll see there's definitely something with it you know there's something here with strange films well i know it's, that it, it's you haven't tried to jump from you know easy to extravagantly hard all of a sudden you know you've done the progressions like you're supposed to do in mm-hmm. life you, you, you've you've bared what you had to do and you know kudos to staying in your lane and not getting overzealous and trying to shoot for the moon when you shouldn't shoot for it but mm-hmm. at the same time your your ideas still go to the moon if that makes sense i'm very ambitious but i'm also very like i and, and i think honestly this is because you've taught me you've raised me in a way where it's like you taught me how to really define my priorities and my responsibilities as well so a lot of that takes over my day-to-day life which is right. you know making sure like the family is okay you know making sure my job i get you know, taking care of the bills uh doing you know now i got a son so it's like he's number one i got to take care of him and everything like that so really everything all my really high ambitious dreams they're always on the back of my mind i'm thinking about it constantly every single day and i'm taking mental notes i'm writing little notes here and there so i can kind of remind myself but it's only I've got such a short, small window to do it. Oh, I know. So it's like when I get that window and I finally have that time to sit down, I'm like, boom, 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 boom. And I'm like writing. I'm doing everything I possibly can. I'm just grinding in that way. Used to, when it was just me living alone in an apartment, you know, I mean, I could work like crazy all day, every day, you know. And I think that's right. kind of where I turned out a lot of stuff early on in my career. But um, I do it. I just do everything very honestly and I do it very um, ambitiously and I put everything into it though. I will say that. And I'm also like trying to do so many different things because I like so many different things. So 
in the comics and the podcast and you know music videos or whatever it is so i just i just like all those avenues but um the films i i, I want to really kind of amp up this year and take a little bit more serious and seeing what happened with he comes to kill um knowing i can jump from a standard 10 minute short to a 50 minute right feature and everything that went into that i think now i'm like more confident in that so for the, these next few projects i'm writing are kind of more of like the 50 minute to hopefully hour an hour and a half range versus doing little shorts you know well and i think one of the things i saw that your light bulb moment came on for your growth you know they say that you know when a storm happens you need to understand that it takes water to make things grow and so once the storm's over with you see something different that's much better and uh, your, your percep, you know, your perception and perspective starts to change and stuff like that. And I think one of the cool things that you learned from those micro shorts that went into this one is, okay, it's kind of like a manager of a business now. You know, uh, I saw what I can do in one day. I've seen what I can do in two. And this one I had to do in six different weekends. And there's a lot of trouble that comes with that. The more days you add, but at the same time, the people that are steady in the course or you know, riding their ship as the time goes on and are very flexible are successful. And that's what you learned was, okay, I've got to be flexible and with my actors, stuff happens. I got to change course. I got to improvise. And I think now I think that's helping you go, okay, I've seen it, what it looks like on a 50 minute. Can I do that twice that now? Yeah. I think you'll be okay. Is because you, you needed that bumps and bruises with this film. A lot of people don't understand. There was a lot of things that went behind the scenes. Oh yeah. Um, you know, that me and you won't have time to get into, but just, and I won't say they're negative, you know, because everybody's got lives that you're mm-hmm. trying to do. You, again, but I think everybody wanted this film project to be special. And when they were there, they were 100% in. Mm-hmm. It was, sometimes getting there was hard for certain people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a, a very interesting, very stressful uh, process and experience just leading up to it. I think I my sigh of relief once I was when I shot the very last thing on the last day of shooting. I was like, because now it's like, no matter what, at least I fucking shot it all. And now I can just take my time or do the edit. And it's, I, I'm the only one responsible for that. You know, everything else you're, you're like hoping, relying on people. I mean, because I just talked about this in the video, but like, you're like, you know, you're, you know, you got to treat indie filmmaking for what it is and no budget filmmaking for what it is because I'm not paying you guys to, I mean, I'll pay for like travel or food and stuff like that. But like, you know, I can't afford to pay every actor on set. So it's like, they're giving me their time. They're volunteering their time from their own personal lives. These people have kids and families and full-time jobs and all that stuff. So it's like they're volunteering their time and energy and everything for my, you know, my movie, my dream and you know and stuff like that so that and that you have to take that very serious and to heart and stuff like that and but roll the punches also because like you said i mean well and i think a lot of people are starting to really understand who strange films family is because you remember i i didn't start this this was something you and frank started yeah um and kudos to frank for being there for you in this this culture that i could never even get wrapped up into you know i'm the guy that could fix anything but i can't Mm. make a movie until Mm. now yeah you know you had to teach me how to kind of act a little bit but other than that I mean, kudos to that starting process, but I think what most people are going to take away, every actor I come in contact, and I, I can tell you, supporting actors are, are the, sh- the shit. Mm-hmm. That's that's the people. It ain't the main people. It ain't strange films. It's the acting that comes to the set. But I think what strange films does for these people is it brings that homey feel, supporting environment of, hey, when you show up, we ain't got money, but by God, we got a lot of love and we got mm-hmm. a lot of support to help you with. And I think those people, are just like when we, 
when we when we bring food or water or stuff to the set and they're just able to just snack and stuff like that like a lot of people don't think that far they're like you're an actor you should do your own thing strange films wants you to feel at home when you show up so mm-hmm. they're willing to do whatever they can within reason and i think that's what speaks volumes about strange films family is it truly a family once you get in it takes yeah. a lot to get you in the door, but once you're in, we'll support you 100%. No matter what happens to you along the way, we'll support you. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, you, you said it best right there. I mean, and me and Frank, we practice that. We preach that all the time because, you know, me and Frank, besides the Lion's Den, he comes to kill and maybe a couple others, but, you know, me and him tag team every film. So it's like we're working with all these, I mean, we over the years, I mean, at least probably like 100 different actors and stuff like that. But, we support them. We want to make them feel comfortable from the very first conversation and then on set, yeah. making sure, like, even, you know, when they're off to the side, just go up to them and say, hey, you all right? You need anything? You know, how you doing? Da, da, da. Like, having that, like, really open, honest conversation, stuff like that. And then after everything's said and done, like you said, we're always still supporting them with whatever endeavor they're doing. Correct. We have that private Facebook group page strange films family yeah if you ain't got a chance to get into that you find a way to get onto that because that's something special because you're yeah. part of that group that's that's special because everyone is can they can post what they want they can share their own projects yeah, we, we help each other we, out pro bono we're all like cheerleaders for each other yeah. you know it's like i i i give them early access to stuff i'm about to post just to see if like how's everyone like what do you guys think about this you know because i really respect everyone and i I really enjoy all these people and stuff like that. So yeah, it's like when you start, once you work with us and everything else afterwards, it's just, you know, it's like kind of like ride or die. It's like, it's like, you know, we, we really, really value you and want the best for you. And hopefully, you know, um, you can come back with us for something else. Or, you know, if we do get like an award for something, you know, we'll make sure we tag you on that because it's, because it's uh, it's important, you know. We're all part of well, this. and I think some people, you know, they say, "Well, I got to move on." And 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 when I can tell you about Strange Films family, they don't they don't care. They're happy that you that you want to be successful and that you're going to do something. All we ask is, "Hey, don't forget us if something ever happens yeah, on the road." I do say that because I <laughs> I've worked with some really talented people, and I'm like, "Well, shit's better than mine." I'm like, so I'm like, "Hey, when you hit it big, though, yeah, just." Can you at least just remember me? <laughs> like, remember that? How- no, we encourage yeah. growth. I mean, I'm I'm so happy when I hear about certain people went to this plot or traveled to this country or that. I'm like, man, good. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? When when they make it, we all make it. Because we all started something small. Yeah. You know, and some of us have been in it longer than others. Mm-hmm. But I've always told you, any of your friends need something from me, acting wise, getting my head chopped off, don't even see me, whatever. You know, I'm there to help, just like everybody else is willing to help, you know. If you yeah, get. and you're very, when you're on set hanging out with everybody, when you're not, like, on screen, you're very much making sure everyone's good and talking, getting to know everyone and stuff like that. You know, you took us all out to dinner and drinks and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, things like that. It, it's just a, a token of appreciation and just letting you, and you've even mentioned to um, everyone that I've ever worked with, uh, you've been in contact with, like, thank you for Oh, it's yeah. not even like about you. You're like, thank you for helping me, you know, you know, my son and helping this whole team and da da da. It's like, so you, you're very good about. What's well, the golden rule? Treat people the way you want to be treated. Yeah. yeah. I just, they treat me nice. Why can't I treat them back nice? Right. You know, I'm in a spot where I can help more than other people can. So that's why I, I, I love doing it because it just, it's nice when you're a better human. Oh yeah. Always. It should be a golden rule for life in general. So. Oh yeah. 
Well, let's see. So you got your face burnt. You oh, got yeah. your ass kicked oh, yeah. <laughs> by White Lavender. You've uh, stalked uh, Jennifer Pearl. You've uh, you've hunted uh, the lion in the lion's den. So you've done two pretty substantial cool roles and, and whatnot. Um, but what do you think, you know, as far as your, perspe- your uh, perception of everything now with all that experience so far, like, and maybe going forward. I mean, is this something you would still want to do? Is this something you want to change up the kind of character archetype? Like, you're like, what what are your thoughts now after doing these roles? Well, you know, when you when you when you ask somebody, this is what I want if that ever happens. And then when that gets returned to you as a favor or thrown in your lap and say, hey, here's that that you asked for for life, then you got to kind of go, okay, now from this point on, whatever that person needs or whoever needs, you just kind of go. I'm down for the ride now. Mm-hmm. It's all about the ride. It ain't about what I want anymore. It's about who needs what and what can I do to help not only, um, you know, fuel that passion inside, but at the same time say, hey, let's have some great experiences along the way and let's go meet some cool people mm-hmm. and have fun doing this. So for me, to answer that question, you know, you know, I've always told you, you need me for anything, I'm there. Small role, big role, doesn't matter. Even just holding a mic sometimes, you need help doing stuff like that. So for me... Yeah, would I love to keep doing this? Yeah, I'm thinking about starting that, what is it, IDMD? IMDB. (laughs) (laughs) I'll start one of those and see where it goes. Because like I said, if somebody picks me up for a role and wants to throw six figures our way, (laughs) I got I'll take half, give you half, and we'll just keep going, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's where we're at in life, you know. If, if, If it takes that to make us keep going, then let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you should get on the... I think I've said this before, but I think uh, you should get on like the Knoxville film filmmakers page and just like post your headshot or something. And just say, well, all I got to do is get some links from you and just say, yeah, hey, say hey, links. Yeah, here's my two creden- credits. I'm willing to be an actor for any project that you think yeah. uh, be a good fit for. I guarantee you, people would be hitting you up because uh, I, you know, it's funny because I get a lot of actor uh, actors who hit me up. Um, or when I'm like searching for talent and a lot of them are kind of, um, I'd say ages from like 40 to 60 and they've never acted before, but they're getting into it now and they've got all like these TV credits of, you know, like yeah. the, the murder porn reenactment stuff and whatnot. But like that's, there's that demographic, you know, because it, maybe like you said, like you finding like a passion later on in life and you want to pursue it and Hey, let me give it my all and have fun with it because they're probably more having just fun than anything. But also, I, I also see these guys, and I'm like, that guy has a great look. Yeah. And I'll bring him on, and they like, holy hell, it's good stuff. So it's like, I think knowing between, like, uh, He Comes to Kill in the Lions Den, if someone were to watch that of you, I think they'd be like, this guy has a physical capability of body language and, and everything, yeah. and he also has the acting, like, you know, vocal delivery as well. So I think, uh, I think you would do really well on the local film scene if you wanted to get into that a little bit more yeah you know that's something i thought about uh, at some point in the season ends with uh, basketball i thought about just kind of looking into that avenue and you know obviously you can't expect big from from the start but even if it starts small and just pro you know prolongs into something that's much better in life who knows what you you can do with it you know yeah yeah people are always scouting the uh, new talent you never know what kind of project it is yeah either. we we've done this a couple of years ago when all these viking shows started to come out oh I yeah been an excellent you know side act <laughs> oh, yeah. my head blown off or chopped off whatever yeah that'd be that'd be good 
Yeah, you still got the roll. You still got the look. You gonna cut that uh, hair anytime soon? Or you gonna uh, thinking about keeping it? I'm gonna probably keep it for a little bit. Uh, I like long. it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I, I was at uh, Las Vegas the other night, and somebody was like, "Hey, it looks good." I was like, "Thank you." Yeah. <laughs> I went in Las Vegas. I was Cherokee. I was like, I was at Las Vegas. I was like, where did you go yeah, to Vegas? Yeah, it was Cherokee, Cherokee Casino. Gotcha. Yeah. Casino. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, all right. So I know, and also uh, Tyler, uh, I, I still want to get you. Well, there's a couple ideas. I mean, you've talked about one, you and Tyler. I want to do a video, a, a film or a washed series. Washed up dad yeah. versus. <laughs> washed up dad versus like a washed up son or something. Yeah, illegitimate son. An illegitimate son. Yeah, something like that. You two would be so funny to work with. The comic and, part of it alone. Yeah, yeah. Damn it, dad. Well, yeah. Damn it, son. <laughs> yeah. You two would be great together on on screen and then uh um, oh yeah but how can we pull you in there you know because people don't even look but we wouldn't put two to two together that i'm you know i know frank's your you know father but you know i'm your dad and it's kind of like yeah well, where's he coming from people get <laughs> I, I always it's so funny you get so confused because I, I i just call both of you dad you know and, yeah. and whatnot and and uh they're like wait frank or uh, you know, they'll, they'll confuse one of you for the other i'm like oh well hold, uh, you know Dad in Philly, <laughs> dad, yeah. dad down here. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's a lot of explaining to do. I feel so. like two and a half men, where I'm like Charlie Sheen, and he's the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 the other guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. Um, or maybe he's Charlie Sheen, and I'm the other. Yeah, guy. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> Ashton Kutcher is gonna. He's somehow, got Butch up there. Yeah. He's parting his butt off. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, and that was the other idea. Bring you up to Philly and oh, yeah. do dude. something with uh, Paul but, and, yeah. and uh, Butch and mix the center city people up with uh yeah with you or something that'd be fun you gonna eat that <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, i think i think you you get a kick out of paul yeah. yeah he listens to this so maybe we'll do that paul <laughs> yeah shout out to paul yeah oh the butch beer yeah oh yeah bing didn't like it did he no uh, well it was <laughs> no butch beer is disgusting yeah of course yeah no uh i i i had a couple of, i have a couple labels left i gotta do something with them um well, I'd like to I'd like to ask you, um, since you're still you since you're still new to the, not new, I would say, but like right. this is a newer experience over the last couple of years and I feel like you're very much more confident in everything like that now. But, you know, what what's um, cause you always like to give advice to, you know, me or you know, younger generations or just people in general i know you're a teacher too so like you've always you've always got students probably asking you for advice and stuff like that but like maybe like a first-time actor or someone who's trying to get into the scene or something like that i mean do you have anything that you'd like to probably like that you could offer from any your experience you know when we leave here i'll be like oh wait a second i got thousands more to tell you yeah (laughs) but let's see on the spot here um the biggest thing is that i could do to any human being that wants to be a better human being in life is tell them that, you know, anything that is meaningful to your heart or your soul that comes along your way or you get involved with, you got to treat it like a relationship. What you get out of it is what you're going to gain by what you put into it. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't choose where you come from, but you sure as hell can choose where you go. You know, I could keep going on. You know, there's a reason why the rearview mirror is so small in your car and the windshield's this big open piece of glass because you can't pay attention to what happened in the past anymore. It's done. It's over with. But that future is so bright and the opportunities you have to seize the day, you know, you just got to go for stuff like that. So the biggest thing is, you know, you know, the book, The Alchemist said it the best, you know, the whole world will conspire to give you what you want if you just want it bad enough. 
So you got to keep that hunger and that, that fuel that you want. Again, it goes back to what I said is if you want it bad enough for your heart and for your soul, you get what you get out of it mm-hmm. by putting what you want into it. And that's the biggest thing I can tell people. If you want something bad enough, don't tell, don't let somebody tell you no, because they're not going to work as hard. They want you to fail because they want you to sit on the couch next to them saying, I told you so. Mm-hmm. When you can be standing out on a screen saying, I told you so. Damn. Mic drop. That's good. It's real good. Yeah. It's, re- it's so true, honestly. I think everybody can listen to that message and, you know, ponder on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think when I first started, what was the first thing I told you? Nothing good happens after midnight? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that might be true. That rule still holds <laughs> true. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very just thankful for you, uh, always supporting, you know, me, uh, and, and throughout the years and everything like that. And I'm sure like at first it was kind of like, what the fuck is he doing or anything like that? Nothing, not in a bad way, but just kind of like, well, I'll see how this goes and stuff like that. But like, oh, I know it, uh, you know, but when I said I was going to do this and, and I was going for it, I mean, you were like. What do you need? Is there anything? Let me know if you need anything. And you've right. you've stepped up on every occasion that I've ever asked for, and or uh, or whatnot. And um, I'm just very thankful for that experience um, growing up, as well as these last you know coming up on seven years now with Strange Films and everything like that. And I'm just happy that you're a part of that additional creative side of me now. With yeah, I wouldn't change for the world. Yeah, it's very exciting. And you know, I mean, it's pretty much got everyone roped in as far as the family goes almost so. yeah, I know <laughs> but, but every, I mean the whole family has been always been supportive and I think our family is kind of always generally creative and not really entirely like me Tyler and Rain we both kind of like well, I don't know what we're gonna do <laughs> we, like, we, like I never had a thing growing up was like I want to be a you know so-and-so I don't I want to be a, you know I didn't I never really had that career goal-oriented mindset I just knew I kind of like to do fun things, creative things. And I was always a writer growing up. And, and then when I fell into the film thing and I really was getting success and fun and fulfillment out of it, that's kind of where I knew like, this is where it's got to be somewhere. You know, I got to find exactly the right, the next move on it, but that's just how I look at it. You know? Well, my thing too, is I just want you guys to be happy. Like I remember the conversation, you know, rain asked me one day or somehow it came up, you know, about, not doing what I'm supposed to be doing or something. I just asked Rain one question. I said, are you happy? And she said, yes, Dad, I'm very happy with where I am right now. And I said, well, that's the most important part of my life is that you being happy, not that me telling you what you need to do or not do in your life because that's irrelevant because if I tell you something to do and it's not making you happy, then why am I telling you to do it? Because mm-hmm. that's a disservice as a dad to a daughter mm-hmm. as well as to his sons. Why would he compete, you know, complete the same scenarios over and over to say you should be doing this with your life, you should be making money, you should be... Because that's not the happiness that works for everybody. You know, some people are money driven. Some people are people driven. Some people are just life experience driven. And, you know, at the end of the day, whatever makes you happy is what you feel. You know, they say there's two bears in life. You got the evil bear and you got the good bear. Which one wins? Well, which one are you feeding? Mm. Yeah. It's very true. I never heard of the two bears. Yeah, well, we can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good stuff. Well, I, I, uh, I'm glad you got to come on the podcast and do this. I know we've been talking about it for a while and whatnot. So. Yeah, you got any uh, stuff that I got to, what do you call it, leave it or love it? 
Oh, take it or leave it. Take it or leave oh, it. Oh yeah, I did that for a while there on the uh, the live show. I haven't done that in a while. Let's though. do it off. The, let's just go. We got what ten minutes. Let's come up with some crap. You want to take it or leave it? Yeah, let's do a take it or leave it. All off right. the hook. Oh shit. Okay. Um, we gotta give the people what they like. Yeah. All right. Because my perspective is gonna be totally different from everybody else's. <laughs> I got now. I'm on the spot. I'm, <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Take it or leave it. Uh, wasabi. <sighs> I'm going to say at this stage of my life, leave it. Yeah? You don't like that heat on it? No, I love the heat. It's just there's so many other things. I Why add more wasabi when you can add Louisiana or Texas Pete, whatever <laughs> over there? <laughs> yeah. Man, wasabi, I have to like... Barely, I have to like get little pinches of it. It's it's you know you're having like a spoonful, like not a spoonful, but like too much wasabi. Oh God, it's the worst. Ugh. Well, and you get to our age, you know, you start uh, tasting it and doing stuff else with it too that you don't want to do. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Okay. Take it or leave it. Uh, I know these. I'm probably I'm just pulling off questions I've asked Good. before. Uh, take it or leave it. Uh, skydiving. I'm going to say, leave it. Leave it? I'm 20 with years ago, I'd have took it. But Your yeah. son is like, Tyler, he's he's like, take it. <laughs> he's like, I'd take it all day. He, he He's a, like, but that's just how he is, adrenaline junkie on certain things. Yeah. I don't think I could ever do it. I think I'm going to be like. Climbing, I'd probably say take it. But skydiving, knowing that you're going to just jump out of something that's perfectly good in the air and you go, you know what? Yeah. Let's see how <laughs> yeah. this works out. Right, right. Uh, okay. Hmm. Take it or leave it. Uh, hmm. Man, I'm on the spot now. Do you have one for me? You got a question? Uh, let's see here. Trying to think of one. Take it or leave it. All the power in the world? All the power in the world? Or all the money in the world? So let's kind of do. Oh, okay. Well, I. Take it or leave it. Which one would you take? Which one would you leave? All the power uh, or all the money? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't take the power. I, I, I'm not good with power. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so you leave power, I take leave, money. I, I, I take the money because I know I could do better things with all yeah, the money. I, that's I know a smart that. answer. Yeah, I, I would do better things with all the money. I, I got too much money, I give it away or invest or charity, charity and help people and stuff like that. You know, take care of people. But yeah, I couldn't do it with the power. That's, that's <laughs> uh, that's asking for trouble on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Let me try to think of another one here. Take it or leave it. Uh, going to. <laughs> I was good. I don't know why I said I was thinking of Antarctica for <laughs> camping in an igloo in Antarctica. For Definitely whatever leave reason. that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I, I see. So yeah, you know, the, the problem with the take it or leave it was I would start that like four days in advance. Yeah. Because I had to write out the question. I had to like really think of. Some uh, some some questions and stuff like that because they're they're hard to uh, hard to come up with you know some some clever ones at least so all right so we can uh, let's just change it for a second like if you could pick a spot for the this is this is your dad to you now uh-huh. if you could pick a spot to do your next movie and budget was not an option where's the one spot that you want to shoot a film? Hmm, that's a good question. Like, if you could pick anywhere in the world, where's one spot that you'd want to bring all your people? Money's not an option. Where's one place you'd want to shoot? Hmm. I don't know. I think I've always wanted to shoot somewhere, like, 
Well, because like I've been having a lot of different ideas in my head lately. Like if I had the perfect location for like more of kind of like a deserty look, you know, like because right. um, I kind of have like the sci-fi idea that I want to do um, down the road, and it, it would really part of it would like need like a desert kind of looking area. So not I don't know, like the, not like the Sahara Desert, but no, but like like something just like really deserted looking and kind of like really I don't know if like area I, I think one. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd try. I I think I'd like to go to. Oh, you know where I'd like to go? Like Tokyo. Oh, that would be. Yeah, that's maybe White Lavender can get that started. For yeah, me. you know he 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 keeps saying maybe, but uh, that I've always wanted to go to Tokyo, uh, in general. But just seeing like how it looks on screen with in other films and and you know just seeing how that city even looks in general, man, that'd be cool to to shoot in. You know, or yeah. but Australia, I think. Maybe for that, like that kind of deserty look. Well, you know, know to tie into your desert theme, um, one of the spots that I we I hope to go to before you know I leave this great world of this, uh, would be Rome. The Coliseum. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd, that'd be cool. Be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta get a passport, man. <laughs> well, I gotta update mine now. Yeah, and we'll get those together next here next couple yeah. March. That's what I'm gonna work on getting that ready. That'd be good. Um, yeah, I'd like to shoot in like somewhere like that, like somewhere like really like the architecture is what I really love to see. So any, any anywhere like Rome or like, um, I'd even like to go to like Ireland or something like that. Cause I know how beautiful it is out there. And, uh, but I, I do want to shoot at like a beach at some point as well. I've had some ideas I've wanted to shoot on like a beach and I, I'd, I'd like to go out to like California and shoot out there or something. And, um, you know, so I've been trying. I like every once in a while I get a hair, wild hair at my ass, and I'll like reach out to someone from out west, like maybe someone I've connected with before, and I'm like, I should come out there and visit you, and I'll bring the camera, and yeah. we should start shooting. But it's like, what, what am I going to do? You know, <laughs> I can't. It's, it's harder to do that shit now. But, but yeah, um, yeah, I would like to expand outside the the Knoxville and Philly range. You know, and just go find yeah. some cool places the problem no if you can like find someone that has access to locations like that then i can film you know because that's really what it's about you can have a place to stay or have someone to kind of help right. you guide that you know because especially my shit because i i keep a real minimal amount of gear well, that's why me. i'm saying money could be the option because you'd have to be yeah because i know you you'd be like me you're always on a budget mm-hmm. you gotta stick around oh this yeah this area here all right another dad question for you for the listeners Oh, nice. There's a lead pipe that I used. To oh, yeah. In. I had the had the axe <laughs> up there as well. Uh, did you see that little video? I sent, I think I sent it to you. Maybe not on Christmas, I, I had Tyler dress up as Stanley Elk, and I oh, wrapped the up the axe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. It was great. That's <laughs> yeah. what's great about Stanley Elk. You can use anybody for that now. Yeah, it's a good sta- – anybody can, you know, yeah. if, if you're not available or whatever, but we just need to do that. I just uh, – because, yeah, you and David Brandon and uh, Tyler now have all worn the, yeah. <laughs> the costume. All right, here's the next dad question for you. If you could pick your next genre that you think you're, you want to dive into for this next film, put you on the map, what is that genre going to be? I think realistically, if I had to, another genre that would put me on the map versus like the horror stuff, it'd be like an indie drama, um, maybe like even like a com- some indie comedy. And I think when I when I say indie drama, I think it's more of like an indie. I don't like to say dramedy or whatever but like i think it would be a really great mix of comedy that i'm that i like but in a very real like dramatical um kind of setting so like maybe like the idea of 
real people having real issues and but adding a lot of like great lighthearted humor and clever humor in it um having really funny characters around that stuff but like i've had this idea for a long time now um i take a lot of you know when i wrote the sound of you and me a drama a few years ago and i mean that was more heavy drama but uh i took a lot of experience that i went through and put that into that so this this new one i've got um that i really like to do kind of combines a lot of experiences i've learned or been through and stuff like that and also i just um i don't know it's just a nice kind of humble idea you know that i want to put to screen i because i i really like doing stuff like that the horror stuff just gets so like complicated you know at times it's just really hard to keep up with it's very expensive i think sometimes not unless you're doing it really like just dirt cheap but the practical effects you know with the makeup you know right and all that stuff and it's just you know i my thing is i'm so like um I want everything to look and be perfect, you know, as best as it can be. So I don't settle for like half ass or cheap, right. really think things looking cheap. You know, I try the best at my ability. So I think it more of like an indie uh, style film or, or just a straight up comedy. I, I'd love to do one of those too, you know, cause very uh, nice. Yeah. And, um, you got rain now working on comedy. You got I time. know. I want to get them involved in some of that writing process too. Um, I really like a comedy thing would be fun. I want to do something that's like raunchy as like Step Brothers or uh, the oh, Han- yeah. or the Hangover. That's what I r- would love to do. I just want it to be like a just a raunchy, you know, balls off the wall kind of funny film and and bring in some really hysterical people right. to do it. You know, but uh, yeah, that's probably something I I want to do. Um, I am tossing around the idea and well i've tossed it around quite a bit now but i want to do uh, a part two for he comes to kill so you know if you ever want to come back oh, yeah, we'll do it don the mask again you know uh i think uh stanley elk's gonna have some issues on part two <laughs> so. all right so this last question i'm mm-hmm. gonna ask you i know we gotta get out of here but uh this is a strange films family question okay all right mm-hmm so one of the things I always do as a as as a man is is when I come in contact with certain people I always ask them two questions. Hmm. So now that I've come in contact with Strange Films family, I'm going to ask you as the producer director. Okay. I always ask for number one, tell me the worst story about what you deal with that you can come up with that just just absolutely just you just say this is my worst story. And number two, I always ask you, what's the best story that you would tell about Strange Films Family? So anything from 2016 to now, what is the worst story you could tell me? Mm. And then what is the best story you could tell me? One that either you just gets at you so bad you hate it or distaste it, <laughs> and then one that's like, you know, I'm really proud that I was a part of that or mm. did that. It could be anything. Huh. Let's start with the bad first. Yeah, the bad, you know, I've had some, I like to call them interesting experiences <laughs> over the years. Uh, with various Strange Films projects and, you know, but nothing really I would say that just uh, boils my blood, you know. I, I think the worst strange, well, strange Films experience is really not even with the movies I've done. It's a music video I did. Right. <laughs> She's got that yum yum. <laughs> <laughs> and that fucking video, I had a panic attack making wow. that. because, And I had Tyler help me direct and shoot this fucking thing because it was like those guys they scared the shit out of me <laughs> they had real guns on set uh they were arguing the whole time you know it was a rap video and it was like the shitty this shitty studio that i thought i was gonna get killed in <laughs> the guy uh you know he took a picture of my license dude wow. 
I mean, I thought this guy was going to hunt me down. I was so scared. Mm-hmm. I mean, like this guy, he he said he was from um uh Philly, Germantown, Philly or something like that. And like wow. it was like a, like a real It's not even a mob boss. Yeah, he's he he was like real ghetto Philly, you know. And yeah. I was like, "Holy hell, dude." So, it was just like really chaotic, very strange and uh for me, I got really nervous and I got a, uh, you know, I just I I after I delivered the video to them, I cut all contact from because I didn't want to, you know, everyone. Wow. So uh, that was probably the worst experience I've ever had. But the video is kind of funny now. She got, she's got that young. <laughs> she's young. got that young. <laughs> all um, right, let's flip the script now. That Something that's really powerful to your heart that you say, you know what, I'm so proud that I started this because this was a moment that kind of mm, made me feel really good. Um, let's see. It's a lot of good stuff, you know. A lot yeah, of good memories. A lot of good memories. I will say, and I think, um, I think just because this memory holds really strong to me, um, and it, it paved the way for really my confidence in filmmaking. It paved the way for uh, just a, a whole new playground of different actors and and people we worked with over the years and stuff like that. And I think really starting Center City, the first one, um, uh, with Frank, because just having going up there, it was like. I, I still had no idea what I was doing, really. Right. It was my second film, and there's something on the road is, you know, you watch it now compared to what we do now, and it's going like, Ooh. and uh, so I was still, like, very, very fresh off the boat, like, trying to figure out what was going on, and I think just the the experience of going up to Philly, which I love going up to Philly, and being in the city, and kind of just, like, not knowing what I'm doing, but shooting, like, all this really crazy stuff and, and everything, and then, like, kind of walking away from that, and, like, what the hell just happened and then yeah. like turning it into a beautiful film and something i'm very 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 proud of but that film really i think like i said just it just defined a lot of things about strange films and i think it um right on i think it inspired me and made me more confident in my abilities and it obviously it got a lot of success and we made the center city series out of and um you know working with like people like paul and 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 everyone up in this philly even though paul you know is paul sometimes and on set i i still like it's a i love i love the chaos the chaos of it you know i just but i think it was a really great moment of kind of defining um what strange films is all about you know so well and i think as a as a family member of strange phil's family like if i could sit here and i was i'm assuming the other hundreds and thousands of people that are in that you know group with us would say we appreciate you we appreciate oh, yeah. you just having a vision in the beginning and allowing us to just have a, you know, a spot where we can venture out and be different if we want to be different, be mm-hmm. who we are if we want to be who we are. And just we just thank you for giving us a platform to perform and, and help the cause of Strange Films family. And I truly believe if people get into this family, they're going to understand, okay, this is something that, that doesn't stop. It just keeps going and going and going. And yeah. when, you, when you leave this world you're going to know that you were a better better place because this was part of your life yeah yeah i like to believe that i hope so um i mean i definitely know some feedback i've gotten from you know people who's been part of our family has just been like yeah these guys uh there's something you know they've got something and they they you know they're just great people to work with and great people to be around and stuff and i just uh that means a lot to me more than anything i mean honestly like it means it, it means so much that because our stuff is very unique style. It's very, it's a, it can be very gritty at times. It can be oh, yeah. very, you know, in your face and like raw, I feel like. And it's, you know, almost DIY at the same time. But like, you know, I think this is the founding, like, 
the foundation of what strange films could possibly be given the right tools and, and resources. But so, yeah, it's really cool to see like everyone on the ground floor with us and supporting us this much and believing in us this much. It's like, it's pretty humbling. And yeah. hopefully, yeah, years down the road, people will look back at these early podcasts and these uh, early movies and stuff. And like, that's dang, that's, they, yeah, that's where they were starting. They were, they're proud and confident from the beginning. You know, they always say true friends. They want you to succeed. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, thank you for the questions. Yeah. We, I figured we'd give it a little twist on this. Yeah, one. I like that. Yeah. Sorry I didn't uh, do well with the take or leave it, folks. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Dad, I appreciate you on, on the show. And, um, yeah. Well, you don't always love you. Yeah, I love you too. And uh, I know you're really not like on the social media, but if you guys want to watch, you know, Virgil and the films, check out The Lion's Den, check out He Comes to Kill. Uh, and I'm sure that he'll be popping up again in the future yeah, i'm curious so. to see what you come up with me when you send me a text and say hey i got this role yeah hell yeah i'm curious too <laughs> whose hand am i sticking where yeah <laughs> now let me tell you it's gonna be a little <laughs> tricky on this one okay so i hope you're ready yeah i'm just thinking martin scorsese's gonna have to get involved in this or oh something. yeah <laughs> of course you said say indie drama or indie comedy so yeah i mean like a paul thomas anderson or something yeah all right guys thank you so much we'll catch you next time and uh well, just real quick, um, yeah. before I leave here, I want to shout out to all the people that uh, helped He Comes to Kill be so successful. And I, and I can't say this enough. You know, I was there for four shoots out of the six. And I and I tell August all the time who I think are special people on set. Mm-hmm. And he knows how I feel about his supporting cast. And just a shout out to every actor, supporting actor, that was on that film for He Comes to Kill. You know, we had a couple repeats from Lion's Den, obviously. will always be dear to my heart because it's the first and foremost mm-hmm. you know, thing that helped out. But... You know, shout out to, you know, Brittany's and Jennifer's and, you know, Jordan, Jordan. Blake, mm-hmm. and Joe, Tony, and Tony, Bruce. Kofi, Bruce, Everyone. especially, you know. That's, that's the thing about He Comes to Kill. It, it quickly turned into a movie not so much about Stanley Elk, but about all these other characters revolving yeah. around Stanley Elk. When, when I think first writing it and going into it, pitching it with you is like, this could be a Michael Myers kind of film and, you know, like, it's going to be straight up, like, Stanley's terrorizing everyone, but it was really about everyone else's reaction around Stanley. Right. Well, you know, I, I'm almost I'm not plugging this because I'm in it. I'm just telling you, if you really want to see truly great actors and phenomenal, beautiful women just nailing these scenes, I'm telling you that everybody brought something to the. Remember, I got a mask on, mm-hmm. but everybody else, you saw the heart and soul that they put into each scene, and I mean, yeah, it was just it just blows your mind that 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 you were able to pull this off with the budget we had up next to nothing. Yeah. We can shout out numbers all day long, but people don't understand that it, it takes something to do oh, something. Oh, yeah. And just the, the 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 beautiful people, the great acting, there's moments in there that steal the show. Oh, yeah. There's moments in there that just add to the show, but for the for the beautiful piece that was, kudos to this to this amazing guy sitting next to me for putting it all together in a – from the bottom of my heart, I love you, man. Oh, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. I couldn't have said it any better. I mean, because you're absolutely right. And uh, that's what I want uh, people to know. There's, I mean, the, the work that we put into this as well as the the amount of just great memories we had on it. And the, even yeah, though- Jennifer Pearl with her scenes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just, woof. And then you got, you know, Jennifer- the other Jennifer, who was just there for a few moments, but then you had Brittany coming in. Oh, yeah. Oh, my Killed God. It. Killed Jesus. it. Her and Jordan's scenes. <sighs> Holy you cow. You should have been in that camper fucking film. I was like, ah! This is intense. It was, it was yeah. crazy. And me and Joe. Joe's just a 
Joe's probably one of the most funniest people you'll ever meet in your life. He's such a good guy. I can't wait to talk to him on the podcast. I just talked to him the other day. So Yeah, well, shout out to all those guys. I really appreciate them for allowing me to come join them for a brief moment in time. And, and just phenomenal, phenomenal, you know, scenes of just enjoyment of growing together. You know, Absolutely. But again, it's because your guidance and sincerity that we were able to do something great together so we appreciate you i appreciate you i appreciate everybody yeah i love you and i love everybody and yeah thank you guys but yeah i couldn't have said that any better because it's it's 110 percent true honestly much love strange family much love strange family we'll catch you next time